This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Steve here, and welcome to the Alpaca Tribe, the podcast for alpaca people. Well, it's another rainy day in South Wales. I'm sorry, I know I keep talking about the weather, but it's not quite mm, what we believe to be seasonal for this time of year. So it's a bit frustrating that we're having rain rather than nice warm sun. However, I don't like it too hot either, so who am I to complain (laughs) It's quite nice that it's not superheated as it can be. If I asked you, where did your alpacas come from? You could probably tell me the name and the area where the breeder or the owner was that you bought your animals from. But there's more information behind there too. We know alpacas originated in South America and are part of what's known as South American camelids from South America and camel-like. There appears to be Similarities and differences between alpacas, say, and camels, separated geographically and with small isthmus, that narrow piece of land connecting two larger areas, literally the word for neck. There's one between North and South America, the isthmus of Panama. So given separation and enough time, we are told they could develop in their own distinct way, separate from other camelids with a common ancestor. There's some wild ones and there's some domesticated ones. The wild ones, Vicuña, they're the wild progenitors of alpaca, long domesticated by the Incas, who developed some extraordinary fine fleece. A lot of that was lost during the time of the conquistadors, but the environment they live in, harsh, dry and hot during the day and freezing at night. So, thinking of Peru in particular my thoughts turn to one of our recent guests, Susanna James, with her focus on traceable yarn and ethical knitwear and her work with a group of Peruvian women knitters in the mountains with their fine alpaca fibre. Susanna has just launched a new line of hats produced by the women of Antuata to support their families and she's also produced Human Equals Cloth 2.0, the second edition of A Journey of Collaboration. Here she is. Hi, Susanna. Great to see you again, and thank you for making some space in your very busy week. And we'll come to that shortly. So I was just thinking about when you were in Peru, what was the abiding sensory memory that you have from that time? Was it sort of a sight or a sound or a smell? Oh, gosh, amazing question. Um... I think um actually smell is quite a big one. Um it's quite funny I obviously um the trip we spoke about when we spoke before was the first time I'd been to Peru and um I think that there is a particular type of incense which is very commonly used in like Peruvian households and um yeah it was crazy when I was there the first time it was like um it was it just sort of 
pervaded everything and it's not it's not a bad smell at all it's just a very sort of like earthy earthiness and um I'd kind of like completely forgotten about it after I left and then when the my like first batch of the hand spun yarns arrived I opened the box I was like oh it's that smell and it takes takes you straight back doesn't it so smells are very strong and very uh they bring back a lot of memories. Did, did you get, I'm not sure whether this is a good question to ask or not. Uh, did you get a sense of the smell of the alpacas? <laughs> um, you know what? I can't say I did. Um, They're not strongly, they don't smell strongly. Obviously when um, I was in Antalta and they did the hand shearing and everything, it was obviously in the middle of absolutely nowhere. So I think it's it's more... Yeah, I think the incense sort of smell was the only one that seemed really prevalent, I think. Yeah. Somebody once told me that the wet wet alpacas smell like <laughs> um, and I was I was just I was just going just shaking my head and going, What are they talking about? And then I then I had another sniff and I thought, Oh, do you know what? They're absolutely right. It does. Wet alpacas smell like people. Really. So yeah. But um yeah, so obviously it's around the area. It's not just Peru that alpacas come from originally, mm-hmm. but but particularly Peru. I think there's a, there's, there's quite a lot. Um, did you see them out in the wild? I mean, obviously you saw them up in the mountains when you went to. The- yeah, I mean that is. I think that's pr- that is pretty much as wild as they get. I mean, it's like it's kind of like sheep in Wales. You know, way when you just are driving through the mountains, they're everywhere. Um, and yeah, I guess very similar to like mountain mountain sheep in Wales. Like presumably there's an owner somewhere in some far off mountain place that has some sort of amazing um, gathering technique for bringing them wherever they need to go at some point. But they definitely appear very much in their wild sort of habitats doing their own thing. <laughs> and do they look the... I'm ex- uh, having not been I don't know but I'm expecting that they would look the part because they seem to fit that environment oh yes definitely yeah yeah absolutely I think what I found so funny was just how there's always just this huge range of personality in in any flock of alpacas that you that you get wherever they are that doesn't seem to change that, that doesn't I wonder if yeah, it's not like human culture where it changes a lot from Peru to Wales. I wonder if there's a similar <laughs> a similar sort of universal alpaca culture within groups. <laughs> I, I, I think so. I think and they'd certainly speak alpaca. Um, yeah. Which is slightly different. I, I always have this this kind of vague uh mental picture of them um, speaking with a slight American, <laughs> South American accent. <laughs> slight Spanish, Spanish, Spanish lilt in there somehow. But that's probably my imagination. But uh, Yeah. So, so within large groups? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Innumerable hundreds. Um, mm. But yeah, I think um, then you obviously get the sort of twos and threes that just wander through the towns as well. I mean, even in Cusco, which is obviously like a um, very popular tourist city, there'll just be random couple of alpacas wandering down the road and you've got no idea who they belong to or where they live or if they live there or anything. But they're just, yeah, they're just seamlessly 
seamlessly anywhere you look. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's on my definite bucket list for going to visit sometime. The um, they often seem to have. It's only when you look at the photographs. They, they have coloured tassels mm-hmm. in their in their areas. Was was that common? Did you see that as well? For the yes, in the city. Or- yeah, definitely the ones in the cities. Um, I think I would really like to know more about that, actually. I, I um, There's obviously a huge amount of um, of very sort of cultural involvement of the alpaca in, uh, like, um, yeah, like cultural celebrations. And the Peruvians are very, like, celebratory people. There's always something going on that... Um, involves these massive sort of village-wide parades and all that sort of thing. Like the first night I was in Olante Tambo, I was like, what on earth is going on? Because literally the whole town, I mean, like the streets are like packed and there's these incredible costumes and everything. And definitely in those scenarios, the alpacas are, you know, hugely part of it. They're in the costumes as well and everything. Um, But yeah, not so much in the wild, in the ones that I saw in Antauta. Yeah, understandably. Yeah, so <laughs> I, have got a, I have got a book which explains about the significance of the colours and things. I'll, I'll have to dig, it, dig out some details. Oh, yeah, I would love to know about that. Let's pass that on. So, so there, are, there is significance um, to, to the colours and yeah. the sequence, the colours and things, um, as well as looking attractive. It's the, there's, there is that kind of, as you say, binding into the, yeah. the culture. Very much, very much part of um, Peruvian culture society and culture mm-hmm. both, current, both historical but also current yeah absolutely which is really interesting yeah interesting so the um the places that you saw them was were many and varied <laughs> and there were large large numbers out on the mountains and they would bring them in to to do the shearing and stuff um so that's the kind of the last time you were mm-hmm. here, now, what, what have you been doing since that, that links back into that? I know there's the ongoing connection w- with them and you've, you've got some recent activity that, that would be great to, <laughs> to sort of share with people. So what, what have you been up to? Yeah, so from the trip last October, um, that's when I was doing a collaboration with both the Antauta Knitters, which are a um, group of indigenous knitters and spinners from Antauta, and also with the Awamaki Knitters. So Awamaki are a um, not not for profit um, empower like women's empowerment um, organization, and they work with um, cooperatives of knitters, weavers, and spinners, um, all using uh, their Peruvian alpaca fiber. Um, and so I worked with the knitting co-ops, obviously coming from a knitting background, and um, did a sort of um, special sort of design col- collaboration with the knitters while I was out there. So I taught them um, some some of the designs that I have previously sort of created here as part of my part of my practice, and um, yeah. It was amazing. We did um, a couple of workshops and just worked together to sort of create this this new collection, which now is ready. So it's very, very exciting. Wow. And yeah, just launching it this week. So it's quite emotional, actually, um, just because, yeah, to have that connection back with those ladies is 
really unbelievably precious to me. Um, so to have those hats turn up on my door in Cardiff, Wales, and know who's made them and and remember all those ladies has yeah been amazing. Mm. So so you've actually got um, hats. And, and and other things, or just the hats? The just thing? the hats, yeah. Very small little yeah. thing to begin with. So just two styles of hats. Um, and yeah, I've got a couple here um, just because I wanted to obviously see them in real life and everything um, before we went ahead with it all. Um, but then um, the orders are only open for this week. So it's like, um, it's just all on a bit of a time time sort of schedule so that the ladies have long enough to make them and they're going to all be made to order so there's no overproduction or anything like that um right. so yeah they've just opened for a week sort of from the when when they were sort of opened back up after the pandemic which has obviously had a really uh tricky impact for the ladies um but yeah starting to open up up again now and so we're sort of doing a big push this week um, to get some orders in to support them and then the ladies all all make them and they'll be here then in time for, for sort of early autumn great hat wearing weather <laughs> yes although although today's a bit autumnal and it's it's oh it's south wales yeah <laughs> um, so, um so how do people order where would where would they see details yeah so just um on my website susannajamesnetwear.com um just in the shop there it's under the um our mackie time susanna james collaboration section um but it'll be easy to find anyway on there um but i have also been sharing a lot um with my email community about the actual making process so um yeah that's a good way of finding out more because i've created like a photo story journal with pictures of the ladies and things like that which i've sent out to people who've signed up so if people find that really interesting then feel free to um yeah sign up to that too Okay, and that's that's on the website as well. Yeah. So we'll we have links for all that. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And and the I mean, as well as as being well as, as part of your general creativity, I think your photographs are fantastic as well. Oh. So, uh, it, all, it, all, it all comes together really well. So, oh, thank you so, so much. I I absolutely love doing that. I think I I just feel like it's this absolutely magical thing going on, you know, miles and miles away that none of us have got a clue about. And to, yeah, to get to share a little bit of it and sort of open up that to to a wider range of people, you know, who haven't all had the privilege I did of, of going out to see them. So, yeah, I love to do it. Yeah. And it's the same, basically the same everywhere yeah knitting and creating similar kind of things and it's uh so hopefully some people will get inspired by it yeah well. absolutely sure. absolutely that's that's sort of one of my key sort of foundations of why i just have always been so um connected to textiles as a craft just because of how universal it is and how yeah um that's why i called the journal human equals cloth just because yeah, you can't get humans without cloth and you can't get cloth without humans. It's everywhere you go. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. So definitely have the links for that and people to, to get access to that. So, uh, well, hopefully <laughs> you carry on through the rest of the week and don't get too exhausted. <laughs> uh, I, know, I, know, I, know it, I know it is fairly full on. Uh, yeah, busy uh, times. Like to make, make orders, 
there's a place for them to do that. Sounds great. Thanks ever so much for being with us today. And we'll catch up again at some point, I'm sure. Oh, thanks so much, Steve. Thanks. So go to the website, sign up to get the newsletter, look for details of the limited edition hats, Eura bobble hat and Eura beret. And Eura in the Quechan language of these Peruvian women knitters means growth and you can be part of that. Get along to the website, check it out and if you'd like to, buy a hat. And the other catch-up was a corral catch-up. So when I was down feeding the alpacas the other day, I spent some time just sat there on the grass amongst them as they were feeding and as the youngsters are coming around. They are a curious lot, these little careers. There's quite a nice group of them. They, they, they kind of form a little gang and wander around together. It's really fun. So uh, I, there's a bit of a, a report and a catch-up on what they've been up to. Here it is. So I'm down in the uh, paddock with the alpacas. They've had breakfast. And I've sat down and surrounded by a lot of curious Korea who are wanting to know, what are you doing? You don't normally sit on the grass in the middle of the field. I'm not quite sure what to do now. And they, they're giving me a good old stare and they're coming close, but not too close. A little bit of munching and stuff, grass by the adults and playing with stuff by the little ones but definitely producing a lot of interest just sat here. Just to see how the fleece is growing out for each of them. Some are thicker and some less so. Some have got some... I mean, the car one has just got the most amazing curls. <laughs> it's almost... It looks almost Surrey-like. But he's not. It's really interesting. I'm not quite sure what's happening. And little Hunneth has is, is also got quite a bit of curls. It, it's thickening up and going beautiful as it's coming out, but that's uh, it's also an interesting dimension. Alice has not been too well. She's a, one of our old ones. She's, she's had a back injury and spent a lot of time just crashed out flat on her side, which is very worrying. We did almost call the vet and she settled and wasn't in distress wasn't in pain though obviously was uncomfortable and she's actually gained a lot more normal movement and she's getting the food and she's doing all the stuff that you'd expect occasionally she's lying down flat out but in the sun usually but she seems to be a bit freer now and less less discomfort which is good to see they're just having a, a nice day it's not too sunny it's got a little bit of a breeze and there's plenty to be explored and little bits to, to be in. Some of them, Fleece is, is a real magnet for... There's one of them in particular, she's, she's got bits all over her little fleur. She just accumulates bits. No, take it back, that's Eva. Eva with the eyebrows. She's the one who's got all the bits around her neck as well. And she just seems to be a magnet for vegetation to come into things. Um, they're very interested in my boots, my Wellingtons. They're staring at them and trying to move close enough to have a little sniff. So it's the inquisitive nature of alpacas, and there's little little crèche groupings starting to develop, little settling down together near each other. So they seem quite content, which is nice to see. 
and there's a bit of grazing going on. It's this short grass. They do like the short grass. They will graze on that, keep it really short. Uh, the, the new stuff growing through, I think, seems to be the particular interest. They will eat other stuff as well, and they do have mouthfuls of the long grass, but it's particularly the the shorter stuff in some areas is really tasty, so I'd just like to replicate that. I'm not sure how you do that. <laughs> um, if you're having to, to, to sow grass seed, then there's various seeds out there. The normal grass seed is for growing tall and fast so you want some of the the lower growing varieties the fescues and things some of the other bits and pieces like timothy and uh, some of the, the herby type stuff which they really like the taste of so it's not the height it's not the thickness that you're after unless you're producing hay um, so you can get some permanent lay l-e-y it's a different mix to to producing yeah it's a different different mix of seeds and then it it will be you just sow it once Whereas the others, after about five years, you'd plough and, and reseed a little one with a milk moustache. I always like seeing a milk moustache. Somebody had a late breakfast. I think they're a bit like hobbits, really. They, they have first breakfasts and second breakfasts and third breakfasts. Sip feeders, they come back for a little and often rather than guzzling. Although you do get some exceptions that will take a lot, as much as mum's prepared to give. Yeah, it's good to see that they're just developing on nicely and growing and filling out. And we'll just see how that goes away them now and again. I found that an option, while they're small like this, is just to not grabs the wrong word, but pick them up and stand on the scales along with them. It's just slightly easier than trying to, to make them stand on the scales by themselves. So thanks for being with us. And hope to see you again soon. Do let me know if you want me to cover anything specific. I've got some ideas in mind. I just need to find the time and the connections to bring them into reality. So if you've got any thoughts to drop into the mix, do let me know. Steve at alpacatribe.com You can also leave me a voicemail message through the website. Here's one I got from Michelle. Love to hear from you too. Bye for now. Hey Steve, it's Michelle from Seattle. I have been experiencing a lot of success and holding a lot of responsibility these last few months. And by the numbers, it's all working out phenomenally. It's amazing. But it is really taking something for me to find the peace that I need in order to fall asleep at night and to be able to get up out of paralysis in the morning when there's just so much to be done. So while I often listen to guided meditations and have for the last couple of years, on particularly rough mornings, I actually listen to your podcast. I love being transported to a place with amazing alpacas, with brambles that are almost six feet high, where there are fences to mend, kilometers of fences to mend, Kriya to birth and name, and where everything is actually well, even when it's not. Thank you for creating that whole world for your listeners. It's an environment that we get to experience through you, and it's really, really magical and amazing. So thank you so much for what you create. I really appreciate Alpaca Tribe.
This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day. 